Welcome to the One Rental at a Time podcast. This is your host, Michael Zuber. This is the show where we interview guests involved in the real estate business, from experts to newbies, wholesalers, flippers, buy and hold, apartments, commercial, notes, hard money, Airbnb, mobile homes. It doesn't matter. If you're involved in the business, we want to talk to you. This show relies on referrals and recommendations from our listeners. If you know someone we should talk to, please make a recommendation. As the author of One Rental at a Time, The Journey to Financial Freedom, I'm dedicated to helping you take your first or your next step on your real estate journey. But I need your help. We need to spread the message of One Rental at a Time Works. Please share this podcast, my YouTube channel, and of course, my book, all called One Rental at a Time. Thanks, and let's start the show. Hello, friends. So I was lucky enough once again to speak at a local real estate meetup, something I truly enjoy doing. And we actually closed about 30 minutes before time was up. So we, we basically did a 30-minute session of just questions and answers, which was a total blast. And I actually might try to work that into to future meetups if I get invited to speak at them. Uh, but really what I wanted to talk about is in this video or this live stream is what did 2003 through 2009 teach me, right? When you're going through your first up cycle, when you're first starting out, you know, you're, you're typically focused on what's in front of you. You really don't have the ability to appreciate everything that's around you. So, um, you know, that's often a good idea to, to follow someone who's sort of been through it and, um, you know, somebody who survived or prospered is obviously beneficial as well. Although I'll tell you, I've, I've learned a lot from people who didn't survive and, and uh, hence conservative financing and, and things of that nature. But I guess I've jotted down a few themes that I wanted to put out now because I think what will happen in a decade is we will look at 2003 through 2009 being similar to, let's call it 2013 through 2019. It's pretty amazing to think about the decades kind of mirroring each other. So first off, if you weren't investing back in 03, it was the beginning of what became the craziest seller's market in single family home history. Uh, it, it went on farther, it went on higher uh, than it ever should have. And the last year or two, was all financial ma manipulation. It was the CDOs and all of this, you know, real estate only goes up and, and all of those things. So, you know, real estate was unhealthy there, you know, probably in 2007 and it, it kept going up through eight and, and rolled over in eight or oh nine, depending on what you look at. So, um, you know, the first thing to realize is if you think the market is hot or overpriced, it likely has more room to run. So you can look at that a couple of different ways. One, if you're already starting to feel uneasy and you think it's kind of peaking out, it's probably a good time to sell. Uh, I actually had an interview with a syndicator on the East Coast who frankly called a shot and I thought it was awesome, right? He sold his portfolio, the four different apartment buildings. I think it was over 400 units. I do remember the price. He sold it for $25 million. And now he's he's doesn't own anything, right? He's liquid. He's returned his capital to investors. And 
as a syndicator, that's got to be nervous, right? Because your job, you know, is to essentially find and identify deals. But when you are a fiduciary and you are responsible, uh, you know, sometimes you got to go, you know, cry uncle. If cap rates keep going down and, you know, all of that, I mean, how much more room do they have to go? So I think he did a great thing. I think it takes a lot of courage. And, um, you know, I think his investors will thank him. I also think some of those investors will unfortunately choose to deploy that capital somewhere else and might get burned later, uh, but they will have a, a respect uh, for him uh, for doing that. So, uh, Jonathan, great job. Much respect uh, for doing that. So, again, um, if you think it's hot and you have some stuff and you think it's overvalued, maybe it's a good time to sell. Maybe it's a good time to 1031 exchange. Um, that was obviously something we did is we did a 1031 exchange in this period right at the end and we moved from houses to apartments. So that brings me to my second sort of thesis is at least what I saw in 03 to 09 is one asset class was dominated by appreciation. The herd or what I'll call new investors were all focused on one thing. And that was residential. And again, residential meaning single family homes through fourplexes. And it was because the residential lending standards and process got just wonky. And anybody and their, their brother could get a loan. All you had to do was prove you had a pulse. And liar loans were prevalent in two and 28s. And, and mortgage brokers were, you know, you've, you've seen the movie, The Big Short, right? They were, they were doing crazy things. So, um, you know, where this leads me to is, again, if you sort of think about 2013 through 2019, I think we're seeing the same thing, but similar, if you know what I mean. I don't think houses are anywhere overpriced. Now, there may be some owner-occupant high-priced markets like San Francisco or Orange County, but I'm talking about rental properties, affordable rental properties, price below the median, maximum uh, risk tolerance and all of those things, right? So that's, that's where I invest. That's where I recommend and that's where I teach people to invest. So, but what I'm seeing is multifamily and specifically what I will call commercial multifamily. There's this notion that bigger is better. And, um, you know, I, 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 you know, rightly or wrongly blame or credit Grant, Grant Cardone um, he is a master marketer and raiser of capital, and I think he single-handedly has gotten lots of people to think about bigger is better. And what that's doing is it's taking the herd, focusing on multifamily, the whole idea of bigger is better. But the problem is the herd is still the same size as in 08, but there's less supply. There are frankly less apartment buildings available for sale at any given time than there are single family homes. And it's not even close. But if you take the herd and you focus them all on a smaller collection of assets, prices go nutty and people overpay and cap rates collapse and you get rosy pictures and you're pricing for perfection and pretty soon you're, you know, you're sub 4% and you're, you're assuming crazy, uh, rental increases with no vacancies and just, you know, just lunacy comes about. So I think this is going to have a bad ending. The only difference with commercial financing, though, is typically speaking, banks are more rigid, right? They're requiring real equity positions. The liar loans of, of 07 and 08 
there was nearly nothing down, right? There was maybe 3%, 5%, some, nothing down. So when, when prices collapsed, it was easy to walk away for some people. In commercial, what's going to happen, my fear, is the banks are going to be relatively safe because maybe they're doing a 60% loan and the 40% equity. But my guess is the people in the equity positions, when this thing turns around and interest rates go up and you know the business cycle goes from 4% unemployment to 8% unemployment, that equity is going to be in bad shape. I think there's a general feeling that C-class properties can be upgraded to B-class properties and rental increases are going. And again, I own these things and I know what it takes. And yes, rents are up. Rent, no question, rents are up and vacancies are down. And But again, I've been doing this and I know the business cycle is real. And today is as good as it's ever been in apartments. Anytime something is as good as it's ever been, you should be nervous. Could it get better? Sure. Is it likely to get better? No way. It's the best it's ever been, right? So if it's the best it's ever been, should you be buying assuming it's going to get better? I would caution you that that's probably not a good idea. And I'm going to keep saying this, and I know there's lots of people that disagree with me, that I think most multifamily markets are overpriced. Overpriced. Not at the peak. They are frankly overpriced. They are overpriced like my first house I bought. I bought it for 107 and sold it or ten, did a 1031 exchange at 260. It wasn't worth 170 when I sold it, but because of financing and because the herd pushed it, it pushed it all the way to 260. I think the same thing's happening in multifamily. Cap rates that should be six or seven or eight or four or five. Uh, price per door that should be uh, you know 100 or 150. You know Whatever you're going to calculate these things at, I just would be very cautious. But again, just like that time frame in you know, 07 and 08, with all the interest on multifamily, residential and specifically houses are relatively speaking better investments because financing and there's real real financing, there's not liar loans and these, you know, you're putting real money down and you know, I I consistently see houses producing better returns than multifamily today. And this hurts to say it because I do believe in most markets, bigger is better. However, when everybody is going after bigger is better, it's time to walk away. It's, it's it, you know, wait for the collapse. And now I think the collapse will be years in the making because commercial financing is fixed for a term and there's this equity that's in there. I would not want to be a limited partner in most, um, you know, syndications today because my money's at risk first right before the bank. In the residential space, basically the bank's at risk. Yeah, you put 5% down, but that's that's gone with commissions, right, when you sell. So I would be very, very nervous putting a lot of capital into apartments today. Now, let me be clear. There are some great syndicators out there. There are some people just beating the bushes, finding off-market deals. And yes, if you find those, go for it. I do believe when you find those rare unicorns and rainbows and four-leaf clovers, it's it's great deal. I do think there's too many people talking about these that it's hard to believe that everybody is finding unicorns. Unicorns aren't that prevalent. They're out there. It can happen. It's just vet 
people, vet deals, look at stuff. Don't, this isn't 2015. I think in 2015, you could have been a part of indie syndication and made a killing, right? Because it, uh, uh, rents hadn't started rising yet. Uh, prices hadn't started appreciating yet. Interest rates were up a little bit. So realize that, you know, if you were a part of a syndication in 15, you crushed it. When I put new money to work in 19, I'd be very nervous. I guess is the best way to put it. I want to double check everything. And again, what I think you're going to see is people are priced for perfection. And anytime they're priced for perfection or it's as good as it's ever been, it's not a good time to bet it's going to get better, right? How many times does somebody break the world record in something? It doesn't happen very often. It does happen, but it doesn't happen very often. So I just want to be, I just want, I just, you know, I share with people. I know I'm, I have an alternative view. Maybe that makes me unpopular, uh, but I have to speak my truth. I have to sort of share what I think is happening. I think real estate investing is a great business. I think it's going to change people's lives. Unfortunately, if you get into the wrong thing that everybody's chasing, you can overpay and put yourself at risk. Uh, I think, I always think there's a part of the market that's on sale uh, because again, the attention is lacking. And today, I think that's single-family homes. So, again, um, love to hear what you think. Leave a comment below, question. You can tell, you can call me crazy if you want to. It's okay. Uh, but I'd love to hear what you think. If you've been investing in 2003 through 2009, let me know what you think is the same or different this time, right? Compare 2003 through 2009 with 2013 versus 2019. So let's let's go out there and see what what you guys think. And have a great day. Take care.